everyone, welcome to a special bonus edition of Locked on Lakers for Saturday. Brian Kamenetsky, Andy Kamenetsky. The Lakers get a an important, if uninspired, win over the Suns on Friday and guarantee themselves no worse than the eighth spot in the West. We'll break it down next. You are Locked on Lakers. Your daily Los Angeles Lakers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks to everybody for making Locked On Lakers first listen of every day, Monday through Friday, and obviously on Saturdays sometimes as well. Always free, never behind a paywall. Locked On Lakers on YouTube, very close, Andy. Pushing 15,000 subscribers. Uh, the channel growing really fast. Thank you to everybody for all the support. Great place to interact with other Lakers fans, other NBA fans, and of course, uh, interact with us and uh, ask questions, leave comments. We'd love to use those things on the show. So, um, I th- <laughs> let's start with the positive stuff, the 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 good news stuff out of Friday's one twenty one one oh seven win over Phoenix. Um, a Phoenix Suns team that was playing without Kevin Durant, without Devin Booker, without DeAndre Ayton, uh, because they had locked up the four seed. Also, Brian, with, without Chris Paul and without TJ Warren. Oh, and yeah, for right. half of the game without Bismack Biombo because he, he got, got hurt. hurt during yeah. the game. Hopefully, I forgot okay. about CP3. That is that's that's not cool. I mean, I realize no. he's not what he used to be, but he's not worth forgetting entirely. So basically, everybody who makes the Suns the Suns, right. except for Josh Okogie. Um, they, they beat the zombie Suns. Yes. Um, and it, it, it wasn't a, a terribly inspired effort, but it got the job done. Uh, but before we get to the uninspired part of it, let's. it is worth and it is important to note the significance of this game. The Lakers, uh, with the win, uh, they, they clinched a winning record, which is something I think most people uh, wouldn't have thought about given that they started 2-10, and 10, Andy. Uh, it's been a minute since a team that started 2-10 and 10 finished the season with a winning record. Yeah, more uh, accurately, this is per ESPN Stats and Info, the Lakers are the first team since the Nets and the Bulls during the 2004-2005 season to start off 2-10 and 10 or worse and finish with a winning record. To put in perspective how far back this is, those then New Jersey Nets, uh, that was the Vince Carter, Jason Kidd, Richard Jefferson era. And for the Bulls, we're talking Kirk Heinrich, Chris Duhon, Eddie Curry, Tyson Chandler, Ooh. Ben Gordon. So <laughs> taking us back a minute. That is a little while ago. Um, mm-hmm. So there's that. And you know, with the win, the Lakers clinch no worse than the eight seed in the West. So they have uh, they have earned the opportunity to uh, win one game and get into the main draw. Um, if they win on Sunday against Utah, and kind of a fun thing the NBA has been doing the last couple of seasons, everybody plays and they all tip off at the same time. Now, granted, now the way things work, three quarters of the players anybody cares about may not be playing, but the Lakers will be running their dudes out. Um, if the Lakers win that game on Sunday against Utah, they are no worse than the seven seed. So uh, then they would host the game uh, to with the opportunity to get through into the main draw with one victory and one victory only. They would be that game would be in Los Angeles. Uh, they still have an opportunity to move up 
Um, the Warriors won on Friday, but if they if the Lakers win and the Warriors lose on Sunday, the Warriors playing in Portland to a Portland team that might fill out that roster with people from the stands. I'm not sure. Uh, but if they happen to beat the Warriors and the Lakers win, the Lakers would bump up into the top six. If the Clippers lose twice, they play Saturday I mean, if, the, and Sunday. if the Blazers happen to win, not if they beat the Blazers. Oh, right. right. If the, the Warriors lose to the Blazers, I should say. Um, and yeah, I got it right the second time. If the Clippers, who play both Saturday and Sunday, lose both of those games and the Lakers win, the Lakers would jump over the Clippers because uh, I looked it up. Uh, the Lakers do have to clear the Clippers. The Clippers do have the tiebreaker. <laughs> I, I double checked that one. Um, but anyway, so I mean, in the broad grand scheme of things, this win on Friday does represent kind of a you know a, a next to last step and a really remarkable and impressive turnaround for the Lakers since the trade deadline uh, it is absolutely worth noting that and acknowledging it the the distance this team has had to come to get where they are and have a winning record and a chance to get into the main draw with one win yeah Le LeBron said after the game that he and ad were talking and they were like it blew their minds that they are going to finish this season with a winning record given again that they started two and ten. LeBron was actually asked a question after the game by a reporter who said, You started the season two and nine. LeBron corrected him two and ten. Um, I think he wanted to really truly underscore exactly what they did. But right, you know, LeBron is a guy who has been in the league 20 seasons. Um, as as we're gonna talk about, <laughs> this was a game where it shows. But he, he has seen a lot over those 20 years. So if you're still, you know, if a situation is still capable of making LeBron go like, you know, his, his head explode a little bit, then you know it's pretty remarkable. So, yeah, we, we before getting into that this was not a particularly inspiring win despite it being by double digits, you should not lose sight of what they have managed to accomplish. Mm -hmm. The hole they have dug themselves out of, even if they finish at worst as an eight seed, it's remarkable. And, and by the way, they shouldn't because I mean, when I the the team that that the Utah team yeah, actually, that, if they're an eight seed, a lot of what we're saying right now might be retracted. That's true. <laughs> the, the team, the Utah team, that is uh, that is. The, the one that pushed them to overtime uh, mm -hmm. a couple days ago, um, they might actually be playing few, <laughs> fewer people. Um, even like Kelly Olynyk is now sitting on Saturday, may not even play Sunday. Uh, who knows if the Jazz are just at this oh, point it, might just be. Um, it's getting real with the, up the proverbial ping pong balls. Yeah, it's getting real with the women Yama of it all. Yeah. Um, so we'll see. Um but uh, there's there's a good chance. But even that on your home floor against the 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 Jazz, even if it's the exact same group that ran them into overtime earlier in the week, uh, no, you win that game. If you don't, you don't deserve to host the uh, the uh, playing game. So, um, all right, let's get to the bad stuff because uh, I mentioned and even forgot like half the Suns that weren't playing. This was not Lakers ran away with it. They they outscored Phoenix pretty decisively in the second half. The score, 121-107, looks like a pretty solid. and, and easy. This was a, not a good game uh, for the Lakers, particularly not a good game for uh, 
offensively for Anthony Davis and LeBron and just overall for LeBron, who was bad. He was bad. He played a really bad game. Yeah, he he finished the night 6-19 and from the floor for 16 points, six assists against five turnovers, six rebounds. He... He was often super lethargic in this game. Like he, he began to muster a third win when it seemed like everybody else out there was, and he would truly be the guy dragging things down. But it's not a coincidence that in the third quarter of this game, the Lakers were down three, 79-76. LeBron checks out for Rui Hachimura. AD's still in there. They start a run. Then AD checks out, and they continue the run with Reeves, Rui, uh, Malik Beasley, who had his best game in a long time, mm-hmm. uh, Troy Brown, and Wenyan Gabriel. And just, it was just way more hustle on the court, way more just activity. Even if, even if the overall skill level went down without LeBron and AD, the Lakers just played better, and they pushed the lead up to four when AD checked out and up to seven when the quarter ended. So it was not a coincidence that they started playing better with their two best players off the floor, because to be perfectly honest, they're, you know, AD was rebounding and I want to make sure to give him credit for that. He finished with 21, but the, and, the energy, and, uh, what, I think, three blocks on the night. I mean, he was he was active, but he was not he was not influential offensively. Yeah, I mean, I, I thought his activity kind of waxed and waned, to be honest. But I mean, compared to LeBron, he was the Tasmanian Devil. But like, I understand that LeBron has a zillion miles on his odometer, and he's in his twentieth season, and energy conservation is like a necessary evil. But there's still a trickle-down effect. Like, it's still a real thing. And players, you know, supporting players often take cues from their leader and their best player and the guy that is often controlling a lot yeah, of the action. But you know what? I, I, think I thought it, the whole team was flat the first half. I, I think they, they were. were um, I, I still think I, they're – I mean, I realized that a day off between the back-to-back, it's, I think, what is it? LeBron was talking about it after the game. It's six games in 10 days, I think it is. Uh, something like that. I mean, they're they're tired. They're still tired. Even with the game in between, the day off in between the game, it's three games and four nights. And they're they're definitely, as a group, tired. Sure. Um, a couple guys, you know, noted the fatigue after the game. LeBron said he's tired and all that. And that that's what I was saying. Like, I, I think... There's energy conservation when you're playing well. And we've seen LeBron do that for sure. seasons at this yeah. point where he's measuring his um he, you know he's kind of measuring his output and he's doing that but the the quality of what he's doing in those moments is still LeBronish. The last, you know, the first half of the Clipper game and most of the game on Friday, it's not that he's to me at least, it's not that he's measuring the output. It's that what he's doing isn't very good. He's He got caught in the air a couple times. You know, he got stuck on the sideline and threw the ball in the eighth row. In the, you know, in, in the, I think that was in the, you know, was that in the first half a second? It doesn't matter. But, um, you know, the, the decision-making, we talked about this, the decision-making on Wednesday, just, yeah, it's not up to his standard. And, you know, obviously it's a very high standard, but he's LeBron freaking James. And so, you know, fatigue hurts the brain as much as it does the body. 
And I think a lot of this is the dude is very tired. And it's a shame that they can't, you know, they don't have something sewn up that he could like take Sunday off. But you know, they got to win that game and they have to leave the, the, the potential open there that they could move up. No, I, look, I get that. And, you know, I'm not, I'm not accusing LeBron of dogging it, you know, for no reason or disinterest or whatever. I'm just saying there is a trickle down effect from it. And the, if you're going to be on the court, you know, if you're going to be out there, there's there has to be a baseline for, if nothing else, the energy that you exude. Otherwise, you are actively hurting the team. Well, especially however, when, if you're however you frame it, when you have the ball in your hands as much as LeBron, when you're as responsible for orchestrating as much as LeBron is, whether you prefer, you know, whatever framing of it you prefer, if it's not, if the output isn't there, you are 1000% correct. It, 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 there's a trickle down effect on the entire team. It's impossible to avoid because of his influence on what happens. Uh, totally plus agree. side though, big nights from said Malik Beasley. This is his best game in quite some time. Um, you know, the people are going to look at the shooting. He was seven of 14 from the floor, four of 10 from behind the arc, but I thought he was really active and lively on both ends of the floor. He, I, he was disruptive on a bunch of different plays. He had a couple steals, but he also forced some misses. Like this was a really good game and, and frankly, a really welcome sight. Oh, they they needed him. I mean, they yeah. they they needed him. Um, and you know, it was funny. I, I was joking a couple, you know, after last week at some point, Darwin was there might have been, you know, 10 days ago. Darwin was joking that, you know, Malik has bailed us out of a bunch of games. He saved our butts, you know, a few times. I was like, really? Really when? I think he was just looking into the future. Because this actually was a night where if Malik doesn't shoot the way he does, if he doesn't provide that kind of scoring on a night where LeBron and AD were both not big factors on the offensive side of the ball. Like the Lakers could have found themselves in a deeper hole. You know, it, it was up at five, six, seven, eight points at different points in the first half, but never at a point where it was 12, 14, where Phoenix could maybe try to sit on it, whatever it was. And so Beasley was huge. At one point, LeBron and AD were the fourth and fifth leading scorers of this game at a point where the Lakers were winning, by the way, in the second half. Um, and, you know, that's, Austin Reeves, nine of thirteen from the floor, three I mean, of they, five. They finished the game as yeah. the fourth and fifth leading. I mean, they they finished. Oh, you're right. Way. Yeah, you know what? I didn't. I did not check. Uh, you know, at the end, and those guys all passed him up yeah. again. There was a Russ. a point. Yeah, there with D'Lo with his um the two late threes pass. You know, and some other stuff. Um, but anyway, thank you for for updating that. I didn't go back and check. Um, but you know, D'Lo finished with 24 points, front loaded and back loaded with a couple threes that didn't necessarily matter at the end, but. Either way, the point being, Andy, they got a pretty comfortable win in when it was all said and done, ugly as it was, on a night where Anthony Davis and LeBron James scored 30 points. And while that's disappointing and while that's against the Zombie Suns, it's still a sign of what this team is capable of um, and the the quality that is is there now in the supporting cast that wasn't there before. Um, I, I definitely think it's a sign of that. Yeah, I mean, you just hope that whenever the play-in begins for them that they have the energy. Uh, the bigger but, one is Sunday, Lakers versus Jazz. Um, if you cannot figure out a way to win that one against a Utah team that is barely running out NBA players at this point and may not even be running out all the ones that were there earlier in the week when they pushed the Lakers to OT, 
then you just, like you said earlier in the show, Andy, don't deserve to be the seven seed. We'll see what happens. I would be very surprised if the Clippers lost consecutive games. I would be very surprised if the Warriors lost on Sunday, but stranger things have happened. Uh, Take care of business, and the Lakers are in pretty good shape, all things considered. Um, We, of course, will be back after the game on Sunday to get you ready for everything coming for the week ahead but andy first this uh locked on lakers letting you know it's brought to you by nissan and i'm sure you're waiting to find out nissan's most electric player of the week it's brought to you by the all-new all-electric 2023 nissan aria and drum roll the award goes to austin reeves it's been an up and down week for the lakers but the most consistent player or at the very least the most uh consistently playing to his expected level has been Austin Reeves, 18 points or more over the last four games, five or more assists in three of them. He's got a great combination of strength while absorbing contact, but smooth and elegant enough to finish the play. There's always a jolt of electricity whenever Reeves is on the court, and they certainly needed it tonight uh, to power up and finish off the Zombie Suns. Not saying it should have taken that power, but hey, I'm just a guy doing a read. The 2023 Nissan Aria packs pin you to your seat power and premium intelligence all in one EV. The all-new, all-electric 2023 Nissan Aria, the EV for people who love to drive. Shop now at NissanUSA.com. All right, see everybody after the game on Sunday.